Well, tonight you can open your Bibles or your scripture in the back, and it'll be Ephesians 4 that we'll be reciting together. So if you've been here for the past couple of weeks, we've been learning this scripture together. Now, I do notice this, that we're still, we haven't memorized it entirely, and that's okay. It takes time to do so. So what we're going to do is, uh, when we read our scripture tonight, we'll end with uh, where it says, in, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's the end. And so we'll kind of stick with this for a while until we got it down, and we can memorize it. And part of memorizing scripture is so that it's inside of us. So when there comes a time where we need it, it's always there. And we've been in situations where we're discouraged or maybe someone needs a word of encouragement or we're faced with a decision to make and we're wondering what to do. Well, that's why it's so important to have the Word of God inside because that's where wisdom comes from. And when we need wisdom, God is the one who departs to us wisdom. And He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give to us generously wisdom. So you may stand tonight as we recite our scripture together. It's on the back of your notes, Ephesians 4, 11, and we'll read through 14. Okay? And let's read it with a, a, a nice, thunderous, boisterous voice. Uh, for the women, you can say it with a nice... An angelic voice, as best as possible. <clears throat> okay, so Ephesians 4, 11. You ready? Okay, go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer should be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Lord, we come to you tonight, and this is our vision why we're here tonight, so that we'll be equipped to do the works of ministry. And you've created all of us to be ministers there's not one person in here who is not a full-time minister. We're all ministers unto you. So equip us, empower us, strengthen us to be used by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. Give yourselves a hand. Good job. Good job. So we've been exploring five different areas, or we're going into that. And we've been talking about Jesus and Him being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And how He's always existed that Jesus was always here. Before He came in the flesh, He was a spirit. And then He was made into flesh. He became flesh. He was spirit, then He became flesh. So Jesus always existed. And we've been exploring His position over all creation. And we learned that Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. We've learned that He wants to use us to reveal Himself to the rest of the world. And that's why the Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There's a reason why we're here on this earth. There's a reason why God saved us. It's so that we could be an exact representation of His Spirit and His love. And so that's why we're here tonight. We want to fall more in love with God and be used by Him in how we're supposed to be used. 
One of the things we talked about are the three keys under his position over all creation. And if you weren't here last year, the first one was that he is the revelation of the invisible God. That's who Jesus is. He's the revelation of the invisible God. We cannot see God with our eyes. And Jesus came to show us God. You can turn to your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. And that's who Jesus came to show us. It was God himself. And in the book of Hebrews, it gives us a, a picture of, of how these men and women walked by faith and why we need faith to follow God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. And let me encourage you to bring your Bibles on Wednesday nights, even Sunday mornings. Bring your Bibles. That way you can underline it. You can write some prayers on the side. Sometimes I'll flip through my Bible and I'll see a prayer that I, I put in there years ago that God has answered. Or sometimes I'll circle a, a scripture and say, I need to apply that as a husband. And then it reminds me to keep working at those things. So bring your Bibles and, and we get to learn the Bible. So Hebrews 11, 28, uh, excuse me, 27, it says that it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. God is invisible. We can't see him with our eyes. But this scripture tells us that when we keep our eyes on the one who is invisible, then he's the one that builds our faith. It's not when circumstances go well that build our faith. It's when we keep our eyes on the invisible God. That's where faith is built. If faith was built on things going well or not well, then our faith would always go up and down. But we learned this past Sunday that faith has a substance, and that substance is Jesus Christ. And when we fix our eyes on Him, then He's the one that authors and perfects our faith. It's all in Him. You know, some uh, years ago, I'm, I'm not sure if you were watching this uh, game. It was one of the NBA, I think it was the finals. And this is probably in either 80s or 90s, probably 90s. This is when Michael Jordan was playing. Well, he got fouled and he went to the free throw line. And as he's getting ready to shoot this free throw, he looks at another star player, and I think it was Dikembe Mutombo. That guy was probably like seven feet, 12 and a half inches, which would be eight and a half. So he's tall. Well, he looks at this other player and he says, he says, Mutombo, he says, this is for you. He closes his eyes and then he shoots a free throw and he makes it. Now you can go on YouTube and find it and you'll probably see it. But the thing about that that I noticed and people were saying, how could he make that? Is he could see the rim. He's done that over and over, thousands of times during practice. He saw it over and over. So to him, he could do it with his eyes closed. And I thought, Lord, you created us to see without our eyes. Now, we'll think physically, but with the eyes of faith, we're able to see God. Now, we may not see him face to face, but with faith, we can learn a lot about God. And that's why faith is required to please God and one of the reasons why Jesus came into this world was to show us what God was like because he's invisible. We can't see him. Now, with our physical eyes, the Bible says we cannot see God. But with the eyes of faith, we can know a lot about God. And then one day we'll be able to see the Son of God face to face. We'll be able to have the privilege and honor of looking upon his incarnate Son, Jesus Christ. 
And I look forward to that day. But until then, we have an assignment here on this earth. And it's to reveal God to this world. This is how it says it in Revelation 22, verses 3 and 4. It says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face. We serve an invisible God, and that word invisible appears five times in the Bible. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, and it's before Hebrews, so you can just flip over to the left a little bit. In Colossians 1, we're talking about Jesus being the revelation of the invisible God as His power over all creation because Jesus reveals who God is. In Colossians 1, I'll read chapter 1, verses 15 through about 17. And we'll go into a little bit of this scripture and this passage and dig a little deeper. And that's what we're here for on Wednesday night is that we dig a little bit deeper. And so challenge yourself. When you read a scripture or we give a scripture and you hear the word of God, don't just listen to it. Write down some notes on the side. That's why your notes are blank. And you can write some personal notes to yourself and say, boy, this is where I need to get better at. Or I'm encouraged because this is where you're changing me. Or thank you for my family, my husband or my wife. I've seen you work miracles in them through this. Whatever it is, dig a little deeper. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. It says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So he's talking about the preexistence of Jesus Christ, not when he was in the flesh, but that he always existed. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. Isn't it interesting that God created everything through Christ for Jesus Christ? It's like a daddy giving his son gifts. And now God has brought us all here for His Son. Everything was created for Jesus Christ. In verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence or the supremacy. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. See, it's through Jesus Christ that everything is fulfilled. Jesus is the image of God. People may uh, talk about Jesus as a good teacher, as a good person, as a good man. He was a servant unto God. He was a prophet. But that's not all. Jesus is the fulfillment of God in himself. He is the image of God. So when we follow Christ, we're following God. He sent us his one and only son. You know, every image, talking about the image of God and how Jesus is the image of God, every image is a likeness. You know, you have an image of something. Every image is a likeness of whatever it is of. But not every likeness is an image. Now, it's very important for us to understand this because there are a lot of false religions that will pull us in one direction to say, follow God, but have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. 
You'll have a religion of likeness, but not the image of God. So we must learn the difference between what it means to be in the image of God and just a likeness of God. Every image is a likeness, but not every likeness is an image. An image is an exact reproduction of what it is, of what it's reproducing or what it, what it is uh, that is like stamped on it. That's the exact image of what is stamped. Twins, if you look at twins, you can look at them and you can say, wow, they look alike, but, not, but one is not the image of the other. They have a likeness, but one is not the image of the other. Now, why is the son the image of his father? Why is Jesus the image of his father? Well, just like when Adam was having his children and he begat all his children, they say that his kids were in the image of Adam, if you read it in Genesis. It's because he has the exact DNA of his father, Adam, Adam's children. You have that exact DNA. So there's an exact reproduction of what that image is. I would illustrate it in this way. We borrowed some Play-Doh from your children on the other side. So let me just borrow this. Okay, so we have some Play-Doh. And I'm not sure if you can see this, but I'll put this as best as possible for you to see. So, let's put it over here. Okay, right here. So, I don't know if you can see this, but I'll roll my watch in it. Okay, so, I don't know if you can see this. Sorry, camera person. Oh, <laughs> I'll stay right here. I don't know if you can see this, but this is an image of my watch. So, it is the exact image. You can see the detail work in it, and it's the exact image of my watch. But, if I were to take my watch, and then look at it, and then kind of like draw it out, Oh, this is very, very bad. Okay, this is almost close enough. Yeah, that's good. I don't know what time it is now. My watch is probably broken, but... Okay, so that's my watch. Close enough. So, that is the likeness of my watch. It is not the image of my watch. It is a likeness of my watch. But this has the image of my watch. So think of it this way. When Jesus came into our hearts and when we gave our life to Him, we are now stamped with the image of God. Now here's where we battle. This is what we battle with. If I am now in the image of Jesus Christ but I still want to just look like Him, I am going to struggle between my spirit and my flesh. It will always be a struggle. In this, this is obedience. Because in obedience, it's like you, there's no more choice. You can't change the image. This is obedience. Disobedience is, well, I can modify. I can, I can add some things here and there. You know, I can, I can put a little thingy over here that can, you know, like a accessory to my watch and I can let that go. I can put a sticker over here, a little decal of something, and I can change that. I can even drill a hole here and then put some fishing hooks so that I have an extra hook when I go fishing. 
And so I can, I can change all of this. I can make it whatever I want. But when I have a stamp of God's Son in my life, then He's saying, you're living stones. You're now to live for me. That's why our worship unto God, our spiritual act of worship is living for Him. It's that we no longer live for ourselves, but we're living for this God that we can't even see physically. But it's through faith in Jesus Christ that we become in the image of the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. That's what it means to give our lives to Jesus Christ. That He's the one that comes in and changes us to glorify Him. And yes, we make mistakes, but He says, I'm changing you from glory to glory. We're getting better and better and better. Every image is a likeness, but not every likeness is an image. And in this case, Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God. He is the revelation of the invisible God. So here's my question. Do I remind people of Jesus? Do I remind people of Jesus? Now, they don't have to call you Jesus. They don't have to say, oh, you remind me of Jesus. Or walk by you and you say, hey, good morning. Why, you remind me of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They probably won't say that. They might say other things. But it's, am I, do I remind people of Jesus? Do I remind myself of Jesus? When I look in the mirror, do I remind myself of Jesus Christ? Can I say that my lifestyle reflects that of Jesus Christ? Or is it different? Is it just in the likeness of Jesus Christ that I do some things like Christ, which is okay, but am I the image of Jesus Christ to people? Can people look at my life and say, boy, you, you, you're different. You've changed. See, I think the, the, the key about this is understanding His power over creation. He's the one that created us. When we understand His power, then we understand that all things are possible through Christ. Because we'll look at our lives and say, boy, He can't change me. There's no possible way. I, 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 I don't look like Christ right now. I don't represent God well. Boy, I, my anger gets the best of me. My, my stubbornness, I'm, I'm hard-headed. Oh man, when my blood boils, I just can't take it anymore. I get frustrated quickly. I still swear a lot. I listen to all kinds of music, all kinds of swearing, all in the music. I watch all these movies, and I am not in the image of Christ. And you may be putting yourself down, but listen to the voice of God. All things are possible through Him who gives us the strength. It's all through Jesus Christ. He is the exact representation of the invisible God. So Jesus reveals God to us. The second thing is that He is a complete representation of the invisible God. Exact representation. Turn to John 14, verse 8. I know you're still writing, but He is a complete representation of the invisible God. Someone told me, they said, Boy, I've been, I've been coming to Wednesday nights and it's hard. you got to really listen, right? Well, yeah. So he is a complete representation of the invisible God. John 14, and we'll read verse 8. John 14, 8. Book of John 14, verse 8. And Philip is responding to the Lord. John chapter 14, verse 8. So Philip says this. Oh, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John the first books of the Bible. 
the Gospels. Okay, John 14, verse 8. Philip said this. He said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And I'm thinking, that's kind of a bold statement to say to Jesus Christ, just, if you just show us the Father, we'll be happy. Like, we're not satisfied with your life. Just show us God. If you show us God, we'll be happy. That's kind of a bold statement. Maybe even a little bit of arrogance in there. Yeah, Jesus, you showed us great things, but if you show us the Father, boy, would that be something. If you just show us what He is like, we'll be satisfied. And watch Jesus' response. He says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. If you want to see God, look for Jesus Christ. Study His Word. Study His life. See, Jesus is the complete representation of the invisible God. Turn to Hebrews 1, verse 3. Hebrews 1, verse 3. Okay, you there? Hebrews 1, verse 3. You got to turn back to the right from John. So, that's good. You're learning how to use your Bible. If your Bible pages are stuck together, hmm, got to use more. Okay, so just flip through it. Hebrews, excuse me, 1, verse 3. And it says of Jesus, it says, And He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature and upholds all things by the word of His power. If you lack power, I'd say it has much to do with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because He is the exact representation, the precise reproduction in every respect. And that word to be, to have that exact representation means a mark or figure burned or stamped on like we showed with the clay. It's a precise, precise reproduction in every respect. It's like a fax. When you fax something, it's the exact thing you sent. So it's possible for us to be Jesus to a world in need. You see, stamping clay leaves the image of what it was like or what it is, the exact image. Drawing it out shows a likeness. And I pray tonight that our heart would be to be in the image of God, that people would see our lives, as the Bible says, and then glorify our Father in heaven. As we conclude tonight, I want to encourage all of us to to just think through, what is God working on in my life? Maybe you've been here for a little, uh, a couple weeks and, and maybe God has been challenging you with something, whatever it may be. I've always thought, Lord, if, if there's anything that you're trying to correct in me or mold in me or, or trying to stamp on my life or trying to make me different, then I want to run to you. I don't want to oppose you or reject you or not cooperate with you. I want to do my very best to stand before you and run into your care so that as you're changing me and molding me and shaping me, then I'll look more and more like you. I'm going to ask the worship team to get ready. And, and we're just going to close with, with praying that prayer and then just worshiping God. And, and then we'll, be, we'll conclude. But the only, way, the only way God can do that in us is that we understand that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot be our God just today 
or when we need help. Jesus should be our Lord and Savior regardless. We should always call upon Him and run to Him. You can put away your notes and close your Bibles. Let's bow our heads as we pray and then we'll, we'll conclude with our, our worship unto Him. Lord, we thank You that as we gather here tonight and as we close in prayer, that we would search our hearts and that we would trust that You're, you're going you're gonna to do something mighty in, in our hearts. And if we haven't been representing you well, then show us things, Lord, that you're changing inside of us. Show us things that, that, that we can do better. And as you're praying to him right now, just take maybe a minute or so and, and you talk with God. You pray to him. Heavenly Father, it's our prayer that we represent you well, that we become more like you, that as we run to you, that we would cooperate with you as you stamp, as it were, our life with your image. So that if people are looking for you, they'll find you because we shine into this world. Help us to live that to you, Lord. I pray for every single one of us here tonight that as we learn and grow in you, that we fall more in love with you because you're good. You're powerful. You're wonderful. You, you, you empower us. You strengthen us. You forgive us. You give us eyes to see the spiritual. You give us a heart to follow you. Even though there's things in us that aren't good. You sent your son while we were yet sinners and Christ died for us while we were not good. And so, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name.